0: like to welcome everyone to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 30 of the 2022 podcast series, also known as the first episode of the post-draft edition. Now, the Ready for the Draft podcast, typically, we're getting you ready for the NFL draft, taking a look at the draft-eligible prospects. Well, we're actually taking a look at the results of the draft, really going through team-by-team, talking through how the draft went for each of the NFL franchises. And, and like I said, this is going to be the first of three podcasts. So what we're going to do is we're going to take half of the, the teams. We're really going to go in alphabetical order and, and go through each of the teams, take a look at their drafts. And then the last of the of the three podcasts, we'll take a look at some of the undrafted free agents and we'll take a, a look into 2023 and what to expect. Really, I know it's an early Early view, but that's kind of how we'll wrap up the 2022 podcast series is just taking a look ahead into 2023. So, we've got a lot to cover. We've got 16 teams to get through in this podcast. So, let's go ahead and jump right into things. And I said that we were going to go alphabetically, but really, what I want to do first, there were two teams that jumped out to me that had, I think, the best draft, the home run hitters, uh, if you will, in terms of that their draft, not only their positioning, but really what they did throughout the entire draft. I'm talking about the Baltimore Ravens and the New York Jets. I think the New York Jets, when you look at them, their first five picks just really knocked it out of the park. You know, you get the number one corner, uh, the number one or number two wide receiver, depending on who you talk to, and a defensive end that some people feel may be the most NFL ready of the group. Then you get the number one running back and a top five tight end. Jets did a phenomenal job but I think Baltimore you know obviously they had a a few more picks just a few um, but I I think their their draft even even more special and so that's why I wanted to go ahead and start with Baltimore we'll talk about the New York Jets and then we'll get into the Cardinals and work our way down from there so speaking of Baltimore they're sitting there at number 14 and it it really it looks like they, they sat there sat patiently and took the best player available, who happened to be Kyle Hamilton, who was a top five player on everybody's board. And when you look at Kyle Hamilton, I think what really affected him was that 40 time. When you're talking about a guy that ran as slow as he did, uh, you know, at, at the combine, he runs the 4.59. He runs slower than that at, at the, the pro day there for, for Notre Dame, and there has to be some cause for concern, right? Um, not really. You know, I, I think Baltimore ends up getting a steal. They get a guy who's going to be a leader on the back end of that defense. This is a guy. Look, uh, seven and a half tackles for loss to go along with eight interceptions, 16 pass breakups. This guy flies around to the football. You can play him as a linebacker. You can play him, uh, you know, as a deep safety. You can have him play in the. Fox, wherever you want to play him, uh, Kyle Hamilton can play that position. You can line him up in the slot and, and have him cover because uh, he has some, some decent coverability. You like the, the, the fluidity in his hips for a guy his size. Look, this is a guy who's 6'4 and 229 pounds. You know, it, it, it's absolutely ridiculous how big Kyle Hamilton is. Uh, but when you talk about how he fits into Baltimore, uh, what Baltimore wants to do, you know, you look at that secondary, they brought in Marcus Williams. I think they've been looking to try to upgrade over uh, Chuck Clark to Sean Elliott. And really, with Kyle Hamilton, what you get there is a guy who can be, uh, like I said, another linebacker potentially playing around that line of scrimmage. They've got Josh Bynes, who, who's returned. Uh, but I, I think... You know, that inside linebacker position is going to struggle. This is going to be a guy that's going to be able to help out. Patrick Queen, uh, you know, you've got Odafe Owe and, and David Ojabo that we'll be talking about along with, with Tyus Bowser getting after the, the quarterback. But I think Kyle Hamilton being able to lurk around that line of scrimmage. And then you, you talk about him working with Marlon Humphrey and, and Marcus Peters on the back end as well. Uh, I, I thought this was a phenomenal pick. Tyler Linderbaum, they, get, they move right back into round number one. 25 overall, and they get Tyler Linderbaum, the, the center out of Iowa, the Remington Trophy winner. And this guy is one of the best center prospects we've had come across in, in some time. This is a guy who has tremendous movement skills, a guy that's able to climb to the uh, to the second level, a guy that's able to seal off his man, just does a great job. You'll see him with a lot of the reach blocks. You'll see him climbing to the second level, like I said, uh, a guy that's going to get out and pull. And he does a great job locating his man. Uh, under control and uh, you know the wrestling background you see him he understands leverage understands the body position as well and uh, the hands once he gets his hands on you it's all over Bradley Bozeman moved on to Carolina so what you have there is a hole at that center position so it's easy to say Eric DaCosta right off the bat two home run picks in round number one look that Ravens franchise it doesn't matter if it's Ozzie Newsom Eric DaCosta great job on first day then all of a sudden they moved to the second day and i mentioned david ojabo this is a guy who had he not uh, ruptured his achilles at his pro day that we're talking about a top 15 pick. This is a guy, 11 sacks uh, in 2021. A guy that you saw continue to build, continue to improve uh, throughout the season. A, a guy that just seemed to, you know, he, he's so new to the to the game. You saw the development. A guy that still needs to improve against the run, but man, this guy, the movement skills, his ability to bend, and that Achilles injury. Look, I've torn my Achilles. I, I wish if I were to. Uh, tear my Achilles at, at any point in my life. I wish it would have been in my 20s. We're seeing these guys rebound a lot quicker. Uh, Cam Akers, six months being able to get back out on, on the field there for the Rams. So David Ojabo, I, I think the future is really looking bright for him. You pair him with his high school teammate, Odafe Owe. And then you've got Tyus Bowser, uh, you know who's, who's led the, the team in sacks, I believe was seven, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, just a phenomenal pick there uh, in round number two can't believe that they were then able to get Travis Jones in round number 3. I had him targeted in round 2. And really when you're looking at at, at him nose tackle. Brandon Williams, Justin Ellis gone. Michael Pierce is brought in. You thought he's going to be that guy that's in the middle there. I thought maybe uh, you know, you bring in Jordan Davis, although I didn't have him uh, on the board when the Ravens were selecting anyway, that's all right. You end up getting Travis Jones, a dude who can uh, not only be stout at the point of attack against the run, um, I think he can be an early penetrator against the run, but he's also a guy that can get after the quarterback as well. Uh, A tremendous athlete for a dude his size. Um, You know, look, ran a 492.40 at 6'4 and 325 pounds. Great arm length as well. Uh, very strong, very stout at the point of attack. A guy that's going to drive his man back into the backfield, collapse the pocket from within. Phenomenal pick there. You look at D- uh, Daniel Falelei there on uh, on day three. A guy that's going to be able to potentially take over for uh, you know Morgan Moses. Uh, and look, you know you've got Ronnie Stanley there at the left tackle position. Morgan Moses has the ability to play both uh, left and right tackle. If Ronnie Stanley those injury concerns catch up to him again. Morgan Moses moves to left tackle. Daniel Fahlele is able to move in there at right tackle. Uh, Jalen Armour-Davis, you get a, a, a tall corner with, with good speed. I mentioned that they needed to get a third corner to par- pair with with Humphreys and, uh, with Humphrey and Peters, and they were able to do that. Charlie Kolar and Isaiah Likely in round number four, 11 picks apart. Um, you know, that's really targeting uh, a couple more receivers there in that passing game with Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, you've got... Mark Andrews, a guy that, look, everyone talks about all the other tight ends, but this guy is a phenomenal receiver at that tight end position. But then you're getting Isaiah Likely there, a guy who had that 99 yard uh, reception for touchdown against Arkansas State. Really, he was on my radar in 2020. This was a guy who had was 20 yards per reception while battling an ankle injury. Uh, a, a guy who I think can definitely push the field vertically up the seam, definitely a guy that's gonna be a mismatch with the size and the speed. Then you've got Charlie Kolar, another dude. This is a guy, you know, 6'7", 252 pounds, played high school basketball with Trey Young at Norman uh, North High School in Norman, Oklahoma. Played his college ball there at Iowa State. A guy who I think can be a good inline tight end, Better route runner than people give him credit for. Excellent hands, a weapon in the in the uh, red zone for sure. Then you get Jordan Stout in round four. I was kind of surprised that they went that early, but look, he's going to battle Sam Cook for that that starting job at that punter position. I think ultimately Jordan Stout's going to win out there. Damarian Williams there in round four. This is a guy uh, you know I, I ultimately did not have coming off the board. I was a little bit surprised that he did end up getting selected. Five uh, ten, 182 pounds. Shorter arms that really can. Cons- Concerned me uh, but this is a guy who has um, you know good instincts overall 22 pass breakups in his career uh, a, a guy that you're going to find around the, around the football and then Tyler Beatty out of Missouri in the sixth round I figured he'd come off the board somewhere between the fourth and sixth round so I think this is really good value a guy look over 1600 yards for Mizzou and in the SEC, uh, runs with excellent pad level contact balance, that low center of gravity, also a really good receiver. The biggest concern is, is that size. You know, this is a guy who's only 5'8 and uh, under 200 pounds, so the durability is going to be that biggest concern and biggest issue. Also, that pass protection isn't going to be able to hold up. But Baltimore, look, they, they hit a home run, I think, with that draft overall. Uh, really excited about their picks. So then I mentioned the New York football Jets. Um, And when you talk about the Jets, obviously, Ahmad Sass Gardner is the first guy that you have to talk about. Uh, a, a lockdown corner, a guy that's never given up a touchdown in his college career all three seasons there with the Bearcats. And you look at that roster, you've got D.J. Reed, you've got Bryce Hall, Michael Carter, Brandon Eccles. a lot of young corners there. You're getting Amon-Sauce Gardner, who can really be a lockdown corner. Really like what, what Joe Douglas did there. Kind of surprised that they did go corner, but the more I think about it, you know, you're really – Uh, addressing that the back end of that defense then you can start focusing on some other areas uh, and they were able to do that in this draft Garrett Wilson the receiver Look, I, I talked about them needing a receiver. You've got Corey Davis, uh, you know, possession guy. You've got Elijah Moore, the guy that's going to work well in the slot, Braxton Berrios, another guy who's really a cult hero there for the Jets. But you needed that playmaker, a guy that's going to be able to push the field vertically, a guy that can find the end zone. This is a dude, you know, the 50-50 ball, his ability to elevate the body control in the air. Love that pick with Garrett Wilson. And then Jermaine Johnson, look, at Georgia – he was a good player. We were going to be talking about maybe a first-round pick, but this dude elevated his game, 11 and a half stacks, a guy that can also play the run, definitely tailor-made and ready for uh, week one. You know, I, I anticipate Jermaine Johnson is going to be starting opposite Carl Lawson. As long as Carl Lawson can get back from that torn Achilles as well, Then I think what you're talking about is Lawson and Jermaine Johnson, so you've definitely upgraded that edge rush position. Then you get to round two and Brees Hall. Look, you've got Michael Carter, you've got Tevin Coleman, who you re-signed as well, but all, you know obviously Brees Hall is going to be a guy that's going to really be a, a game-changer, in my opinion. This dude, uh, over 1,400 yards in each of the last two seasons uh, with, with the Iowa State Cyclones, and, and what you love about Brees Hall, the stop and start in the hole, the vision, the cutback ability, but that 439 40, 40-inch vertical leap, this guy's very explosive, 5'11", 217 pounds, and then the hands. This is the dude that, you know, making these acrobatic one-handed catches This is a guy that's gonna be a weapon for Zach Wilson. I love the pick. He's gonna end up being the starter when it's all said and done. Then you get Jeremy Ruckert uh, in round number three. And I think Jeremy Ruckert's an underrated tight end. A guy that just didn't catch a ton of balls. Really, when you've got Olave and, and Wilson and Smith and Jigba, you don't have to catch the ball a ton. But this is a guy, I watched some of his tape in high school and this kid actually has some really solid hands. And so when you look at the Jets, you've got C.J. Uzoma, you've got Tyler Conklin. You bring in Jeremy Rucker to really be that third tight end. You know, I, I love that pick. I would have liked to actually seen them try to double up on a pass rusher there. But, you know, I can't argue with Rucker because he is a top five tight end, in my opinion. Then you look at, at round four. You're going to get a, a right tackle in, in Max Mitchell. This is going to be a guy that I think is going to battle George Fant, really push. I said that they needed to get a guy like George uh, to battle George Fant there, and I think Max Mitchell is a guy that's going to be able to do that. Michael Clemens, uh, also in round four out of Texas A&M. This is a guy. Look, 6'5", 263 pounds. Uh, real long arms. Can stack and shed blocks. Uh, does a really good job there on the edge. Uh, initial quickness. Able to really turn that uh, you know that, that that speed to power to get into the, the offensive lineman. Very violent hands as well as a, a pass rusher. Just not uh, not the most explosive guy. You know, a lot of times he'll get stoned if that first move doesn't. Uh, doesn't really work out for him, uh, so I, that's why I think the Jets. You know, towards the end of their picks, the last three uh, three picks, not really as, as dynamic as those first four, but I can't really fault them for it. They they really addressed a lot of their needs. Uh, you know, they only got a you know corner, receiver, uh, defensive end, and an outside uh, and in, uh, an offensive tackle. So I really overall love what the Jets did. Arizona. So now we're going to go ahead and work through the remaining teams in alphabetical order. So we're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals. And look, you know, the Cardinals they end up trading out of that that first round pick. They wind up reuniting Marquise Hollywood Brown with his college quarterback and Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, and I, I guess Hollywood Brown actually hid the the the, the trade from his uh old college buddy but that you know reuniting those two that's going to give you a vertical threat uh, to go along with Rondell Moore. you've got aj green on the roster as well we know that uh, nuke hopkins uh isn't going to be around for the uh, the first six games of the year for the violation of of the substance abuse policy so you're going to need to get some you know another guy that can take on some of that some of that load and uh, so bringing in hollywood brown absolutely is going to be able to do that so in round two 23rd pick in round two, you end up getting the top tight end in the draft. And Trey McBride, a guy, you know, 90 catches, over 1,100 yards for the Colorado State Rams this past season. The John Mackey award winner. You've got Zach Ertz. You brought him back. Max Williams has struggled with some injuries. I, I think this is a guy who's going to be able to – you'll have that nice one-two combo with, with Zach Ertz. I think Max Williams falls to your number three tight end. At the end of the day, this is going to be a great pickup for Kyler Murray, another weapon there at tight end cam thomas getting him you know with the 23rd pick in round number three i was really surprised that he was going to be there 6 4 267 pounds this is a guy 10 and a half sacks 20 and a half tackles for loss lived in an opposing backfields a guy that patterned his game his game after jj watt and when i watch him play he reminds me so much of jj watt the versatility in his game, his ability to uh, really push the pocket from within, um, can be at that defensive tackle if you needed him to. Very disruptive against the run as well. Um, really a great job with his hands, swiping the blocker's hands. You'll see him u- using the, the swipe move. You'll see him using chops, clubs, rips. He's got a really nice swim move, takes advantage of those oversetting tackles. Uh, a guy that's just able to, to slip blocks, um, very versatile. Uh, being able to win coming off the edge, uh, you know, and he's just he's a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch. Number two in all of FBS in pressures to just Will Anderson, a guy who's going to be a top three pick in next year's draft. Uh, So when, when I look at Cam Thomas, I think people just didn't talk about him because he was coming from a group of five conference. People weren't really talking about him at San Diego State. And look, You know, his time to shine was going to be at the Senior Bowl. Unfortunately, he he has the the hamstring injury that also kept him out of really competing there at the Combine. But I think this is going to be a sneaky good pick there for the Arizona Cardinals. After that, Majay Sanders, also in round number three. And I said that 26% of your sack total left in free agency Chandler Jones now with the Las Vegas Raiders you're bringing in a guy like myJ Sanders a guy who can get after the quarterback the big concern is going to be his weight I know at the combine he weighed in at 6'5", 228 At Cincinnati's Pro Day, he was up over that that 240 mark. This is still a guy who can play with some pretty good leverage, can get underneath guys that speed to power and drive guys back into the backfield. Love the motor as well. If he can keep that weight together, this is a guy who's going to absolutely be able to add, add to that pass rush, really be able to help out Marcus Golden uh in round six you know because look the cardinals didn't have any other picks at, at this point they end up getting a running back in Keontae egram out of usc a guy just shy of a thousand yards this past season but uh you know a, a guy who i think has really good vision you know uh, very uh good feet for a bigger back he's six foot 221 pounds really does a good job trusting his eyes gets his foot in the ground and, and gets to daylight in a hurry Uh, a guy who's also very reliable as a pass catcher, and we knew that they needed to get a running back at some point. They've got James Conner, but ultimately Chase Edmonds is gone. I think Keontae Ingram is a nice fit there as well. Uh, Lasita Smith in round number six. Look, they need to address that guard position. I was surprised that they didn't try to to get a guard sooner, but uh, at the same time, you know, I I think Lasita Smith has a chance to be a day one starter there uh, opposite Justin Pugh at corner in round number seven they end up getting christian matthew out of Valdosta state don't know a ton about him other than he's a 6'4 200 pounder um very long arms uh you know just one interception though th- this past season uh, you talk about their cornerback position you've got byron murphy you've got marco wilson jeff gladney was added but i think christian matthew is going to be a guy can he stick on the roster i think the length is is very intriguing if nothing else Uh, Jesse Lucchetta there in round seven, another guy that you can target as a potential pass rusher coming off the edge. Only a half a sack in his career there at Penn State. And I know what you're going to say, Odafe Owe, not the most productive sack artist there for the Nittany Lions. And still you see what he was able to do in the NFL. I think Jesse Lucchetta has that potential. Um, really good against the run, but they're really going to have to work with him to be a more polished pass rusher. And then Marquise Haynes out of Oklahoma, you know, they get another suitor there to go along with, with Kyler Murray and uh, now Hollywood Brown. And this is a guy who I think can really compete with Lasita Smith to be that other guard uh, opposite uh, Justin Pugh. I think this is really a good pick. Uh, you know, a, a guy who plays with excellent leverage, he's very strong at the point of, of attack heavy-handed and what I really like you know OU ran a lot of those guard tackle you know the counter plays where they're pulling around and he was able to get to that second level um, you know show some decent mobility for a guy his size Um, you know a guy who's 6'5 318 pounds so overall I think the Cardinals had a pretty solid draft when you look at the Falcons Number eight overall, you knew they were going to be taking a wide receiver. I mean, that wide receiver uh, room was really decimated with the loss uh, of Calvin Ridley, um, who's suspended for at least a 2022 season for gambling. You've got Russell Gage, who's gone. So that left Olamade Zaccheaus as your number one uh, returning wide out. Drake London, you pair him with, with Kyle Pitts. I feel like it's kind of the same player, but you'll have those twin towers out there. You, I, I, Drake London is my number one wide out, the guy that – Look, teams knew that he was USC's offense with the double-digit targets, and yet they still couldn't slow him down. I think this is a guy uh, who's going to be dynamic on the outside for Atlanta. Uh, great pick there, uh, round number two, Arnold Abiceti. Look, you know, another edge rusher. They need pass rush help. Dante Fowler's gone. Uh, they brought in Lorenzo Carter, but that that's not going to be enough. You know, this is a team that had 18 sacks a season ago. They need somebody who's going to be dynamic, and Arnold Babikethe can absolutely do that. So I love the pick there. They, they trade, you know, back and, and they get, uh, you know, Troy Anderson out of Montana State. I had him coming off the board in round three. when you look at it, this is a guy who has a chance to pair up with. Uh, Deion Jones, there's Rashawn Evans there as well, but with Troy Anderson, the versatility, a guy who played quarterback, he was a running back, he's ninth in the Bobcat in Bobcats history in rushing yards, had 150 tackles this past season as the inside linebacker, uh, a guy who is a tremendous athlete, he excels in coverage as well. I think he'll he'll excel, um, probably be a three-down player at some point. He'll probably come in in the nickel situations right off the bat, but phenomenal pick there as well uh, round number three they go quarterback and we knew that this was eventually going to happen they've got marcus mariota in there he feels like he's going to be uh you know that bridge quarterback and you get desmond ritter in and ultimately round three is probably the right value when it's all said and done um, will ritter be the guy at, at the next level it's kind of too early to tell will atlanta take Advantage of the 2023 draft class is going to have as many as four, five, six quarterbacks uh, in that first-round range, so it's entirely possible. But what you do love about Desmond Ritter is this is a guy who he does have a strong arm, uh, over the top, quick delivery, uh, but that leadership that's really the big thing that's a takeaway there with with Desmond Ritter and with with Arthur Smith. He's looking for a guy who can be uh, a leader at the end of the day. I think he's going to learn from Marcus Mariota. You know, He reminds you a lot of Marcus Mariota, especially with the way that he runs because you don't see him being that fast, but the long strides, eats up a lot of yards. Dude ran a 4-5-2-40 at the Combine. Staying there in round number three, they get another pass rusher. Love it. D'Angelo Malone undersized for sure at at 6'3 and 243 pounds but he plays a lot bigger than his size this is a dude, the sideline to sideline ability had 99 tackles uh, I I believe as a sophomore a a guy who is an edge rusher, a guy that uses his hands very well, the speed to power uh, for a guy as small as he is he's still able to uh, generate a lot of movement on those offensive tackles and so I, I love that pick, getting some additional pass rush help, running back Round number five, Tyler Algier. Um, I I thought that he was going to come off the board possibly in round number four, but this is good value. You look at when Mike Davis ultimately was let go. You've got Cordero Patterson and Damian Williams. I think that uh, Tyler Algier can ultimately come in and take over that spot that Mike Davis was playing. Big back, good foot speed for a guy his size. Has a little bit of wiggle there in the open field as well. Round number six, you get Justin Schaefer out of Georgia big body guard, 6'3", 2, 314 pounds, uh, a guy, look, you know, Caleb McGarry, his uh, fifth year option was declined. I think ultimately what you're going to see is Jalen Mayfield take over his spot, Chris, uh, Chris Lindstrom at one guard position, and I think Justin Schaefer will- could very well end up at that other guard spot when it's all said and done and then in round number six john fitzpatrick a dude who's known mostly as a blocker more than anything else uh six, seven, 262 pounds you know you've got kyle pitts there but uh you know the lack of depth at that position you know this he has a chance to stick at, as a sixth round pick there Moving on to the Buffalo Bills, and I knew that the Bills were going to go corner and running back with their first two picks. The question was going to be, in what order? I had them taking Brees Hall in round one, um, and ultimately they get Kair Elam. And I think this is one of the best stories, though. Uh, They released on social media a a guy who had his notebook, and he presented it to uh, the Bills brass. And said, "Look, you know this is every, uh, you know every play, the covers that we were in, who I was playing against, took all those notes, and uh, you know how I could be better. I mean, this is a pro mentality uh, that that Skid was coming into. So it's no wonder that the Bills fell in love with him. He's going to be the guy that's going to be starting opposite Tre'Davious White. Thought that was a great pick. James Cook in round number two. This is a guy who plays a lot like his brother." Uh, Dalvin, uh, not nearly as dynamic, but a guy that can make plays both between the tackles and on the outside of the perimeter. I think he and Devin Stingletary will be a nice one-two punch. Terrell Bernard. thought it was a little early that he was coming off the board because he has battled some injuries, but this is a guy that there's a lot to like here. Very instinctive linebacker, uh, a playmaker. Yes, he's undersized. He's just 6'1", 224 pounds, uh, but a dude that does a good job reading the quarterbacks, drops into coverage while they're in, in zone. Um, a, a guy that I've been a fan of, for, for quite some time I mean, you look at the linebacker position you've got Matt Milano there, there's Tremaine Edmonds there this is a guy who has a chance to end up being a, you know, a third linebacker in that unit round number five I thought this was great value getting Khalil Shakir a guy that I thought could have been a third round pick it reminds me a lot of Amon ra St. Brown ran uh, you know, a little bit faster than him ran in that 4-4 range but it's the route running ability. It's that playmaking ability. Uh, when you look at this receiving core, you've got Stephon Diggs, you've got Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie's on there, but you lost uh, you know Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. I think he has a chance to make an immediate impact. Matt Ariza, Ultimately, look, this dude. You know, he was the Ray Guy Award winner. The 85-yard punt. Um, special leg for sure. And you're looking at Matt Hawk. I, I think at the end of the day, Matt Arise is going to end up uh, taking over the, the starting spot there. Uh, then in, in round six, they, they double it up. They end up going and getting Christian Benford, uh, a corner out of Villanova, 6'1", 208 pounds, uh, a dude who had 18 pass breakups a season ago. So he's going to be a guy that can come in there and offer some depth. You've got Dane Jackson. You've got Taryn uh, Taren Johnson. But I, I think Christian Benford, because of the ball skills, has a chance to stick. Luke Teneta, uh, Tenuta, picked it there uh the 31st pick in round number six really surprised uh that he was ultimately uh, drafted here Six uh, 6'8 319 pounds this is a dude who i think is is kind of a lumbering tackle a dude who has great effort but at 6'8 that pad level just gets way too high i'm looking you know they've got Deion dawkins and spencer brown as your starters tommy doyle is kind of that backup they need some depth so i could see that but you know to me luke tenuta um you know th- they're Were just other options out there that I thought would have been better for uh, the Buffalo Bills than a guy like Luke Tenuta. You know, Kellen Deesh there out of uh, Arizona State was a guy that I I thought was going to get drafted. uh, You know, in like the fourth or fifth round. Obina, easy out of of TCU. Dari Rosenthal. So I thought that was kind of a peculiar pick. Looking at uh, at Buffalo there in round number six, uh, a guy who I think is going to struggle to make the roster, and then in round seven, Baelin specter out of Clemson. This is a guy. Look, he has good speed. I, I think he's he's pretty instinctive. Uh, plays with a ton of effort. 6'1", 233 pounds. Has a chance to potentially stick as a special teams guy. I think he's going to be duking it out with Tyler Matikayevich when it's all said and done. Uh, Carolina. Carolina, the question was, were they going to go quarterback in round number one? Were they going to trade for for Baker Mayfield? What was going to happen there? And uh, really, ultimately, they they didn't either. In round one, though, they get the best uh, offensive tackle in a lot of people's mind, and that's Ikema Equanu. Ike, ultimately going to be that left tackle there. Cam Irving is not your long-term option. That means that Kwanu at left tackle, Brady Christensen at left guard. Um, Then you've got Bradley Bozeman at the center. Um, likely Austin Corbett there, um, at right guard, Taylor Moten at right tackle. You've upgraded the position overall. Um, you do get Matt Corral in, in round number three. This is a guy, look, I think he's going to probably end up starting some games when it's all said and done. 6'2", 212 pounds. Is he going to be ready? No. He's definitely not ready at all. They, they drafted the best quarterback that was available, uh, but this is a guy who I think is going to have to push Sam Darnold for some, some of that playing time. The dual threat ability is absolutely there has a great release, a guy that I think, you know, the deep accuracy has been hit hit or miss, but I think he's gotten a lot better with that. I think this is another guy who does a great job throwing his receivers open, allowing them to make plays after the catch. Um, So I thought that was good value there with 30th pick in round number three. Round four, they get Brandon Smith out of uh, out of Penn State, a versatile linebacker. When you look at that linebacking group, uh, you know, you've know you got Shaq Thompson, Damian Wilson's on the roster there, Corey Littleton. But I think with, with Brandon Smith, what he's going to bring to that defense, look, he's 6'4", 250 pounds, flies around to the football, can be a little overly aggressive, um, You know, still has some work to do in coverage, but I, I think he's a guy that I think can develop into a guy that's going to be a three-down linebacker for them. Round six to get Amari Barno. Some people thought he was going to come off the board in round two. I think after that 4-3-6-40 that he ran at the combine, 6-5, 246. Uh, still a little raw at times there on on the edge, but he can be very explosive. Uh, you, know, you, you look at Brian Burns. You got Yuter There There's Marquise Haynes, Daryl Johnson, another guy with a ton of speed coming off the edge for Carolina. Not a bad pick overall. Pretty good value. Cade Mays in round six. Uh, K Mays, you know, just hasn't lived up to the potential. But uh, when you look at that guard spot, I mentioned Corbett. There's Pat Elflein there. Brady Christensen is going to be the, the starter there. Uh, you, know, you got Michael Jordan, Dennis Daly. I think he's going to have to really compete hard if he's going to stick on on the roster. And then round seven, you get Kaelin Barnes. Uh, you know ran that, that speedy 42 340 uh, six foot 183 pounds this is a guy who I think you know has that that, that track speed but really is more of an athlete that's playing that cornerback position um, so I think he'll struggle to end up making that roster spot with all those corners there not just uh, JC Horn CJ Henderson Dante Jackson then there's also Keith Taylor, Troy Pryde Jr., Stanley Thomas Oliver. I think he'll really have to struggle and, and work hard to ultimately make that roster there in Carolina. Chicago, no first-round pick. We know, obviously, they have Justin Fields. So when I, I was looking at this pick, I thought they were actually going to focus on the trenches. That was one of the big topics of conversation. Was uh, you know that they needed to improve uh, both both sides of the ball up front. You know, especially with Akeem Hicks. You know, the the, the question mark there. Uh, you know what was going to happen. They end up going secondary with their first two picks in round number two, and Kyler Gordon I think is ultimately going to end up starting opposite Jalen Johnson. This is a guy, a tremendous athlete out of Washington, six foot, 194 pounds. Um, look, the Bears 31 passes, touchdowns given up uh, a, a season ago. This is a guy who I think you know he, he does gamble quite a bit, but I, I love the feet, I love the, the, the fluidity, uh, the ball ball skills as well. He's a ball hawk, um, so. Not a bad pick overall there for the Bears. And then Jaquan Brisker. I'm a huge fan of Jaquan Brisker because he's such a versatile uh, safety at 6'1", 199 pounds. Excellent ball skills. Uh, a guy who's going to be able to play in the box, uh, has a little bit of cover ability as well, to um, be a big-time thumper. You put him with Eddie Jackson there on the backhand, he's going to be a starter day one. There's no doubt about that. So I love that pick. Round number three, uh, they ultimately take Bayless Jones Jr. out of Tennessee, uh, a guy who I think you know he, he has a ton of speed, um, and, and this is something that ESPN reported, that he was the only FBS player with more than 800 yards uh, receiving 200 punt return yards, 600 kick, kick, uh, kickoff return yards. So, yes, he's dangerous after the catch. I think his route running leaves a little bit to, to be desired. Um, has some short arms as well. When you look at the Bears, they needed to the target at number one. They've got Byron Pringle in there. They've got Equinemia St. Brown. Uh, but they need, really needed a number one to play with Darnell Moody now that uh, Allen Robinson is gone. And uh, when you look at, at that wide receiver spot at that point in the draft, I thought there were other guys that were there on the board for the taking. Um, so it was a little bit surprising for me uh, looking at Bayless Jones. I thought you know Jalen Tolbert made a lot of sense. Uh, That was really the guy that I was targeting for the Bears there at that point. Uh, David Bell was another guy that I was looking at for them. Even a guy like Khalil Shakir. So I I was a bit surprised uh, and taken aback that it was going to be Bayless Jones. Um, So I I think there's a lot uh, riding on on Bayless Jones right now to step up. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on him at that wide receiver spot. Uh, Round number five, they get Braxton Jones out of Southern Utah. Look, this is a guy... Uh, excellent length. Um, I, I think he, he doesn't have a, a ton of foot speed, but at the same time, what I loved seeing what he was able to do, uh, you know, against a, a pass rusher there in the FBS, taking on Cade Hall, San Jose State, first game of the season, and this is a guy. Look at in Cade Hall had ten sacks in twenty twenty. And I thought that he really neutralized him there on the edge, really put Braxton Jones on the map, and uh, a guy who I think can absolutely stick at the next level. Um, there are some skills to work with. You have Tevin Jenkins already, and obviously Larry Borum there at the tackle position. This is going to be a guy that could potentially be that that third tackle, that swing tackle. Um, you know, Then they get Dominique Robinson there in round number five. And look, with Dominique Robinson, this is a, a guy who... Started on the offensive side of the football, shows pretty good burst, excellent length and, and bendability, 6'5", 253 pounds, a guy that's going to be able to, to come off the edge. He's still new to the position, um, but he's a guy that's going to really learn t- quite a bit from, from Robert Quinn. You've got al and Muhammad there, Travis Gibson, uh, Bruce Irvin still on that roster, Jeremiah Tauchu. So there are a lot of veterans that this guy's going to be able to learn from. But I love that raw ability. Um, so round five, really good value. Round six, they get Zachary Thomas, uh, the offensive tackle, out of San Diego State. Uh, 17 games started at right tackle, 14 at left tackle. So he ha- offers that versatility. Uh, another guy that's going to be competing there uh, in the trenches. So they did ultimately target uh the offensive side of the football in those trenches. Uh, they also get Doug Kramer in round six, uh, really a physical center at the point of attack. Um, you know, 47 games started there for the Illini, but uh, you know, again, you know, very physical at the point of attack. Then you have uh, Jatari uh, Carter out of uh, Southern. 6'3", 311 pounds. Playing left tackle at Southern. He's going to be a guard. Um, you know, you've got Lucas Patrick, probably going to end up playing center. There's Cody Whitehair there as well. This is a guy that's going to probably find some time in, in that group. Uh, another pick in round six was Preston Ebner, the running back out of Baylor. Uh, this is a guy who I think has, you know, has that speed. Uh, you know, has you know very versatile out of the backfield. Has really good hands. Uh, 25.3 yards per kickoff return 5'11, 206 you know they're looking for guys that can be explosive and be very versatile that's why they went with that bail with bayless jones they also ended up taking treston ebner there in round number six round seven uh you know in addition to, to carter they get elijah hicks out of cal uh 5'11, 200 pounds very opportunistic, a guy that, that can be a playmaker on the back end. Uh, this is a guy who I think could end up, you know, uh, they lost both Sean Gibson and Dion De- Bush. So this is a guy who could potentially be that third safety along with Jackson and Brisker. And then round seven, Trent, uh, Trenton Gill the punter out of NC State. Didn't really see this one coming. Um, 6'4", 219 pounds. He did lead the ACC in punt average. Uh, had 23 punts of 50-plus yards in 2021. Um, and then he had 31 punts down in, inside uh, inside the 20, which also led the ACC. Um, you know, Ryan Winslow is on the roster. Pat O'Donnell um, ultimately is, is gone in free agency. So uh, Trenton Gill... He actually has a chance to not only make the roster, um, but beat out Ryan Winslow. Um, I I didn't see it coming only from the standpoint, you know, uh, Trenton Gill was my number four punter. So I wasn't expecting to see so many punters drafted this year. I was expecting him to be that number four guy, be a priority free agent that could end up working his way onto a roster. But I'm happy that he did get get picked up by the Bears because I think this is a team that he's going to be able to stick with. Which takes us to Cincinnati and we knew that they were gonna to have to address the secondary and that's really the theme of this draft for them they also needed to replace Larry Oganjobi. and I think they uh, have a guy that might be able to do that in Zachary Carter who they took in round number three but in round one they get Daxon Hill the versatile safety that he's gonna be pairing with uh, Jesse Bates they have Vaughn Bell on the back end there as well uh, but, but look I think he'll end up probably playing some corner as well because Eli Apple, we saw what happened there in the Super Bowl. Chidobe uh, Awuzie is going to be your number one. They need help at that cornerback position. So I, I think Daxon Hill, because he has that versatility, um, You know, we know Jesse Bates was franchised, Mike Hill, uh, Hilton – one of the best slot corners there. Um, I think he'll potentially play in the slot. I think he can play, you know, the nickel. could be a strong or free safety. He's going to be a starter. You know, it's just going to decide where they want to play him, and he'll play in a variety of, uh, of positions. Round number two, they get Cam Taylor Britt there out of Nebraska. 5'11", 196 pounds. Uh, experience a corner safety in the nickel as well. So, again, they're looking for, you know, versatility. Um, I thought this was a guy that was probably going to come off the board in round three. So this was a, a round too soon for me, but I can see what they're doing. They, they want to address that secondary position. And he has all that versatility. a guy that I think is going to uh, be one of those pieces. that's going to be counted upon. Uh, if Cincinnati wants to return uh, to the playoffs in 2022, then they get Zach Carter uh, from Florida. You know, this is a guy who I think could be a, a defensive end or a three technique. Uh, Depending on the on the defense, a guy who I think can push the pocket um, as an interior pass rusher. 6'4, 282 pounds. Um, you know, Larry O'Gunjobi was a guy who was able to, to get some penetration into the backfield. Zach Carter is a guy that I think could absolutely do that. Uh, round four, they get Cord- uh, Cordell Volson out of North Dakota State. Uh, 6'6, 315 pounds. You know, very physical, a guy that's going to, to play uh, you know till the whistle. Very physical. Uh, and when you look at the, this this team, they need help in the trenches. Obviously, they, they restructured what they're what what they have there. You know, you've got Ted Karras. Could he play guard? Could he play center? You've got Alex Kappa there as well. Jonah Williams and Lyle Collins now at that tackle position. Um, so I think Cordell Bolson is going to give them, if nothing else, it's going to give him some give them some depth. Tyson Anderson is another intriguing pick there, out of Toledo, 6'2", 209 pounds. Um, you know, look. You know, ran a, a really quick 40 time there at the combine um, that, that kind of t- turned some heads for a guy his size. 4-3-640, 6, um, 16 pass breakups there for, for the, the Rockets. So I I think you know Tyson Anderson's another intriguing guy. Um, when you look at that safety position, um, again, with, with Bates and Bell, and now you're adding Daxon Hill to the group. Tyson Anderson has a chance to end up being a guy there on the back end that's gonna stick with that roster. And then Jeffrey Gunter out of Coastal Carolina, 6'4, 258 pounds versatile guy a guy that could be a a 34 outside linebacker could be a a defensive end um you know and when you look at, at this group they've got trey hendrickson and sam hubbard uh cam samples on the roster and you've got uh you know joseph osai khalid kareem uh jeffrey gunter's a guy he's very quick um Explosive with his hands. you know, He's a little on the lighter side of 258 pounds for a defensive end in a 43 defense. But he's a guy who's very consistent getting after the passer. And that's one of the things that I think drew me to him uh, there with Coastal Carolina. Because even when you're watching Taron Jackson um, leading up to last year's draft, this was a guy who continued to flash. 38 and a half tackles for loss, 17 sacks in his career. Uh, not a bad get at all in round number seven for, for Cincinnati. Which takes us to the Cleveland Browns, and Cleveland ultimately they did not have a draft pick until round number three, and they had three of them. And know, uh, with Cleveland, they wound up taking Martin Emerson uh, with the fourth pick in round number three. I had him coming off the board there, but to a different team. And you look at that that uh, that, that secondary. They've got Denzel Ward. There's Greg Newsom there as well. Uh, you know, Greedy Williams, uh, Troy Troy Hill likely going to end up back with the Rams. So Martin Emerson, what he gives you, very physical guy. He's 6'2", um, boundary corner who could potentially play opposite. Denzel Ward with Greg Newsom playing there on the inside. Um, so the fit does make some sense. Uh, They they need to get edge rushers to help out Miles Garrett. They did trade for Chase Winovich, but they need to continue to get those guys. And Alex Wright at uh, 6'5", 271 out of UAB is a guy that's going to be able to do that. Uh, Edge defender coming off, you know, a guy that can walk the defensive tackles back into the backfield. Pretty explosive. Decent hands as well. Um... He's going to have to grow up fast, though. Uh, A guy who I think is still developing as an edge rusher, but a guy who has explosive potential, that's for sure. Uh, Round three, they get David Bell, 6'1", 212 pounds, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, uh, but ran that 4'6", 540, so that's why his stock kind of slid him down the draft board a little bit. You've got Amari Cooper. You've got Donovan Peoples-Jones. Jakeem Grant was signed. Anthony uh, Schwartz is going to be more of a guy that's going to be vertical. I think David Bell ultimately takes the spot of – uh, Jarvis Landry there in that offense. on Winfrey was a guy that I was expecting to come off the board in round two out of Oklahoma. He ends up coming off the board in round four to the, to the Browns. And I, I think this is a great pick. 6'4", 290 pounds. Uh, very explosive coming off the ball. You know, It was inconsistent at times. But, but look, when this guy – look, we saw what he could do there at the Senior Bowl. was virtually unblockable. That first-step quickness, the guy that's going to be able to, to, to slip some blocks, get into the backfield. I could see him as a starter because, look, that group, you're talking about Malik McDowell, Taven Bryan, Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai, uh, Sheldon Day. I think uh, Perry al is a day-one starter there for Cleveland. Round four, look, that kicking kicking position there, you know, whether it was Chase McLaughlin or, or Austin Seibert, It it struggled mightily. You get Cade York out of LSU, a dude that just kicked a bunch of bombs. 15 of 19 attempts for 50-plus yards. This is a dude who also has experience as a punter and with kickoff duties. So you got your kicker of the future there, Cleveland. And then in round five, they get Jerome Ford running back there out of Cincinnati. 5'11", 210 pounds. This is a dude who I think... Uh, what I love is 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 the, the feet, the home run ability. You know, you look at Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, uh, Dearness Johnson, you've got Demetric Felton. So where does Jerome Ford fit into this? It's kind of kind of a crowded group, but look, Cincinnati's offense went as Jerome Ford did. And so I, I think this is a guy that's gonna offer up some versatility there at that running back position. Michael Woods, uh there out of Oklahoma, uh off the board in round number six, you know, he, he's really the vertical threat there for the Sooners, a guy that can go up and, and, and contest uh, the contested catch, 50-50 balls, six one 198 pounds. Uh, bit of a surprise that he was drafted, to be honest. Uh, you know, So he's a guy that I think is going to really have to work hard to ultimately make the roster. Isaiah Thomas in round seven. I don't even know how in the world this dude fell this far. A, a dude who... Um, is a, can be a dynamic pass rusher has really good hands um, gets them up into the passing lane as well can be a decent run defender 6'5", 266 pounds he's another guy that I can see making the roster because look, they, they need edge rushers in a big way in Cleveland and then Dawson Deaton in round 7 6'6", 306 you know, they, they don't have J.C. J. Tretter anymore I think the, uh, Deaton's the guy that's going to be able to compete with Nick Harris for that starting spot will he end up getting it? Maybe not but a guy who's going to offer some pretty good depth up front. Which takes us to Dallas. Oh, Dallas. So round one, we knew that they were likely going to target the offensive line. Both Zion Johnson and Kenyon Green off the board. So what do you do? Well, you go after Tyler Smith, a guy who has all the the talent in the world. 6'5", 324 pounds. Very physical at the point of attack. A guy who loves to throw people around. Very physical. Uh, did I say physical? But this guy is literally a penalty waiting to happen. I think he had 12 penalties there for uh, for Tulsa. A-, a guy who could be a day one starter when it's all said and done. I mean, when you talk about them, you've got Tyron Smith on the one side. And I think Tyler Smith is going to end up being the tackle of the future. At, at least that's what Dallas is hoping. You've got uh, Terrence Steele on the right side. I think Tyler John, uh, Tyler Smith is going to compete with him. And really the biggest thing is, is can they clean up his sloppy technique? Otherwise, they're going to lead the league yet again in penalties with this guy on the field. Round two, you get Sam Williams there out of Ole Miss. 6'4", 261 pounds, a guy who's very explosive. Did you realize that he had four strip sacks in, uh, in 2021? I, I thought that was one of the things that was really interesting, uh, interesting note. Uh, from espn but a, a guy who is, is very physical coming off the edge can be a real bully uh, but what i, I love is it's just that explosiveness being able to turn the corner and get after the quarterback 12.5 uh, sacks this past season, 22.5 in his career, 32.5 tackles for loss. Uh, really like this pick because you've got uh, you know a playmaker, obviously, in Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, you've got Dante Fowler that, that you brought in there. It's a team with him, but uh, they need more help at that, that defensive end position. I think Sam Williams is going to be able to provide that. Jalen Tolbert is a sneaky good pick. You know, you've got C.D. Lamb. You've got Michael Gallup. You brought in James Washington. But Jalen Tolbert's a guy over 18 yards per reception uh, in, in his career. Look, 6'1", 194 pounds, a guy that you know gets vertical down the field, uh, just attacks the football, uh, a, a guy who tracks the ball very well. I love this pick. I thought he could end up coming off the board in round two. So to get him with 24th uh, pick there in round number three, great job. Dallas. Uh, they end up getting Jake Ferguson in, in round number four, 6'5", 250 pounds. Round four is probably a little bit early for Jake Ferguson, uh, you know, when I think about it. But this guy, excellent hands. You know Wisconsin tight ends are going to be able to, to block as well. When you look at it, is he going to be able to surpass Blake Jarwin as that number two tight end? If not, then this definitely, uh, from a value standpoint, they they missed the bar there but i think there is a chance that jake ferguson can end up being the backup to dalton schultz when it's all said and done be that second tight end be a, a feature blocker but a guy that can also be a target for dak prescott in the passing game They get the giant 6-8 matt Walesco out of north uh, north dakota uh, really a lumbering tackle uh, a guy who i think is going to compete with josh ball uh, to be that fourth tackle on the roster uh, then they picked deron bland in round five the, the, the corner out of fresno state this was kind of a peculiar pick for me uh, yes he ran a 4 4 40 at his pro day there for fresno state a guy who has decent ball skills um, but not a guy who really excited me or moved the needle when i watched him play um, so that was kind of a curious pick you know i, I think they, they they got some of the off-field issues with with kelvin joseph right now you've got anthony brown and trevin diggs jordan lewis uh, they brought you know brought in Nation Wright a season ago, um, so they needed a corner. But I thought they could have gone in a m- bunch of other directions other than Deron Bland. Um, you know, so hopefully he'll, he'll prove me wrong and uh, you know have a, a decent career there with the Cowboys. Though, uh, staying in round five, Demone Clark, you know six three, two hundred thirty nine pounds, a tackling machine, played sideline to sideline. Really, the biggest thing was was that uh, spinal fusion surgery on March twenty fourth. He's probably going to miss the 2022 season. So that's why his his draft stock moved down as as much as it did. But what you're going to get is a guy who, you know, depending on what you want to do with Micah Parsons, this is another guy that, that can play, I think, both inside and out when it's all said and done. Uh, so, he's going to give some versatility there and a guy that's going to, you know, if nothing else, provide some depth. But ultimately, you're talking about a red shirt year there for DeMone Clark. Uh, Staying in round five, John Ridgeway, defensive tackle out of Arkansas, 6'5, 321 pounds, very stout run defender. Not going to offer a whole lot as a pass uh, pass rusher, but you've got Tristan Hill, Neville Gallimore, Oso Degazua, guys that, that can get after the quarterback from within. So you're getting this guy really to help shore up that, that run defense. And then Devin Harper out of Oklahoma State uh, in round number six. This is a guy who I think, you know, off the ball, linebacker, uh, really good top end speed. Um, so you're getting a, a guy who can fly around to the football. Uh, but a guy, look, you know, average size for, for that linebacker spot. Uh, you know, I think he, he struggles at times to get off blocks as well. Uh, but a guy again he flew around to the football for the for the pokes there uh, of OSU. So it's a pick that I can't be too mad with. Uh, but a guy that I think is going to struggle to end up making that roster. Denver, another team without a first round pick, but. End of round number two, they get an edge rusher out of OU in Nick Benito, 6'3", 248 pounds, a guy who had a ton of, uh, you know, that that pass rush rush win rate, uh, really got all that momentum going for him in the the offseason and was able to find his way uh, to the end of round number two. Um, You've got uh, Randy Gregory to team with, uh, you know, Bradley Chubb there as an edge rusher. This is a guy, if nothing else, he's going to be able to, uh, be that explosive edge rusher uh, and, and a situational pass rusher, but a guy who I think is going to continue to develop the, the rest of his game. Really like the pick there. Round number three, you get you needed a tight end. Noah Fant, you traded to Seattle in the Russell Wilson deal. You have Albert Ole Boonham. You need another tight end. You get Greg, uh, Greg Dulcich, the, the converted walk-on wide receiver, 6'4", 243 pounds, a guy that's going to be a weapon up the seam. Uh, look, you know the wide receiver ability for for the tight end spot. You know, 17.3 yards per catch this past season. Uh, still needs to work on the blocking ability, but I think he can be a weapon there for Russell Wilson. Probably going to end up being your starter when it's all said and done. Round number four, you get a really good corner, Damari Mathis. Very quick and explosive, 5'11", 196 pounds. This is a guy when you look at that cornerback spot. You've got Patrick Sertan, Ronald Darby. Michael Ojamudia, a lot of guys are free agents there. So, Tamari Mathis is a guy that can come in and, and contribute right away. Uh, you get Yoma Wazarike, uh, a, a dude who's 6'6, 316 pounds, and uh, you know very, very good length, upper body strength as well. Uses his hands to slip some blocks. And this is a guy who actually offers up quite a bit um, of pass rush ability. For the, the Iowa State Cyclones he had nine sacks in 2021 uh, to go along with with 12 total tackles for loss so when you look at that that defensive end position possibly uh Draymond Jones DJ Jones, McTelvin game You know, I know that they they traded away Shelby Harris, so they need to get another defensive end. This is a guy who I think could get after the quarterback for them. So really nice value at that point in the draft. Round number five, you get to Lauren Turner Yell, 5'10, 197 pounds, a guy who has pretty good fluidity to him, you know, good closing bursts as well. Um, you know, he's just he's not the biggest dude, but he he, he is very aggressive. He'll take chances. And uh, look you've got Justin Simmons, you've got Kareem Jackson, uh, you know PJ Locke and Kate Stearns on the back end as well. Um, this is a guy who I think is gonna go in there and, and compete. probably see most of uh, his action on special teams initially. Montrell Washington out of Sanford 510 170 pounds. Uh, this was a guy you know, against Florida had a really good game. 10 passes uh, hauled in for 124 yards and a touchdown. Um, A dangerous return man as well. Um, So, you know, a lot of other receivers that were out there on the board, but clearly uh, Nathaniel Hackett and company were targeting a guy that uh, they can use in the return game. You already have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, what you were lacking was a guy that you could put into that return game. So I, I, I understand why they were, were targeting him there. Uh, Luke Wattenberg out of Washington, 6'4, 299 pounds. Um, a guy who has really long arms are at that center position. Good foot speed as well. They've got Lloyd Cushenberry there. This is a guy that's going to come in there and provide some depth. If nothing else, Matt Henningson out of Wisconsin, a guy who I think is a natural 34, uh, defensive end that, the five technique, um, uh, Big dude, long arms, um, a, a, a guy that can be physical at the point of attack. Um, so I, I like that pick for the, the Denver Broncos. They stay at Wisconsin there in round number seven with Fayon Hicks, 5'10", 192 pounds, short arms, only picked off uh, a single pass in his career, and that was as a freshman, but he did have six, 16 pass breakups. Uh, you know, This is a guy who could potentially provide some depth at that cornerback position, but I think he'll he'll struggle to, to make the roster. Detroit, the Lions. Th- this was a team who I thought did a pretty darn good job with, with their draft. Obviously, they get Aiden Hutchinson. We, we've talked quite a bit about him. 16 tackles for loss, 14 sacks. We know what he means to the state of Michigan. He bleeds maize and blue. Now he's going to be galvanizing that Detroit Lion fan base in Ford Field. Love the pick. Love everything about that pick. He's a Dan Campbell kind of guy. Then they trade up from that 32nd pick overall. They dealt a couple of other picks away as well and uh, ultimately got up to number 12 to get Jamison Williams. When you look at that receiver position, you've got DJ Chark, who you brought in. You've got Amon St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond. What you don't have is a guy with the explosive speed like Jamison Williams. And that's going to be the thing. He's going to provide a dynamic that you don't have on that offense right now. So Jared Goff, you're going to have that guy who's going to be able to get vertical. He, he's going to be back by training camp uh, you know, with that knee injury love that pick round number two they end up going with another defensive end and, and look I, I think you had to find a way to replace trey flowers you've got michael brockers there he's gonna need some help uh, and, and so ultimately josh Pascal's a nice pickup there six 268 pounds this is a guy i can see definitely taking over for for trey flowers and, and paschal look he's he's very powerful um, at the point of attack, a guy that I think can also be an interior pass rusher when it's all said and done as well. This is a guy who lives in opposing backfields. wasn't always able to get home as that pass rusher, but a guy who look 35 and a half tackles for loss, including 15 this past season, 13 sacks. School can be disruptive in opposing backfields. I think a guy he's better against the run right now, but really like the pick thought he was going to be available in round number three that's the only uh thing that i would say with that pick overall but uh they end up getting a safety there in round number three and so ultimately i had them taking da- uh, Daxon hill at the end of round one uh they do end up getting a safety and that's kirby joseph there out of illinois 6 one tremendous ball skills five interceptions also had three forced fumbles uh really good range guy who could be that uh, single high safety Uh, The Colts ultimately took Nick Cross, but nice consolation prize with Kirby Joseph. Uh, a guy who I think can end up being that ball hawk back there on the back end of the defense. They already have Tracy Walker on the roster, so this would be a nice pairing there. Round number six, they go with James Mitchell, 6'4", 249 pounds. This is a guy who's battling uh, a knee injury, missed the majority of the 2021 season. Uh, really a good route runner, excellent hands, not much of a blocker, uh, but a guy who could potentially be that number two tight end there with TJ Hawkinson uh, as your number one. Round number six, one of my favorite picks in the entire draft, Malcolm Rodriguez, 5'11", 232 pounds. This is a dude who takes excellent angles to the football, just flies around with his hair on fire, converted safety, Uh, you know, a guy, he's just, he's a Dan Campbell type of guy. Reminds you a a little bit of Alex Anzalone with the way that he plays because he plays with his hair on fire. When you talk about production, there are a few guys in this draft um, that have the type of production that Malcolm Rodriguez was able to put together there for uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. In his career, had over 400 tackles, 408 to be exact, 32 tackles for loss, 7.5 sacks, 2 interceptions, 11 pass breakups, 13 forced fumbles along with four fumble recoveries, one of which he returned for a touchdown, also returned an interception for a touchdown. This dude is going to make this roster. He's a Dan Campbell type of guy, and I think it, when it's all said and done, Malcolm Rodriguez is going to be a starter in this league. James Houston at, Jay, uh, at Jackson State, uh, look, six foot, 244 pounds, uh, a guy who I think is instinctive. He's a guy that can, can bend coming off the edge, and really a guy who is very productive and explosive. For Deion Sanders there at Jackson State, 70 tackles, 52 of those solo, 24 and a half tackles for loss, 16 and a half sacks, seven forced fumbles. Really got to have a breakout year after being underutilized at the University of Florida. So that ultimately gives uh, the Lions another pass rusher that you could team there with Charles Harris, a guy who I think has the explosiveness uh, to stay on the roster. Then you get Chase Lucas. In round number seven, 5'11", 180 pounds. Uh, a guy who is on the smaller side, but a dude that, hey, he can play on the outside. He can play in the slot as well. A guy who has some pretty good instincts and ball skills. And look, at that cornerback spot, they've got Jeffrey Okuda, Amani Orowarie, uh, Ifatu Milifonwu. I think Chase Lucas has a chance to, to make a roster here as that fourth or fifth corner uh, for the, the Detroit Lions. Which takes us to Green Bay. And really, the the debate was whether or not Green Bay was going to finally take a wide receiver for the first time since 2002. The answer? Of course not. But they, they were able to get one of the better wide receivers in the draft, and we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, they end up going with Clay Walker in round one. I thought that was a round early for him, but I can't argue too much with the selection. You know, you've got Devondre Campbell there at inside linebacker. You needed another guy to pair up with him. 6'4", 241 uh, pounds. A guy who plays sideline to sideline, a dude that's going to hit you, he's going to wrap you up pretty well. uh, He is is still raw, but a guy who I think uh, can make plays, a guy who has a little bit of pass rush ability, but he's really mostly known for that sideline to sideline ability, and and he can drop into coverage a little bit. So I think Chris Barnes is likely going to be starting there uh, next to Devondre Campbell, but I think Quay Walker will end up sliding into that role. Uh, pretty early on in his career. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, I actually had him targeted to Green Bay there at 28 overall. I moved off of that because there were those off-field concerns talking about domestic violence uh, potential charges. Uh, but I think with Devontae Wyatt, look, he ran that 4.77.40 at the combine for a dude his size, 6'3", 304 pounds, can be very disruptive. You've got uh, uh, Kenny Clark there. He needs help. They got uh, Jaron Reed. Uh, Dean Lowry is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. This is a guy who I think is going to be a day-one starter and really help Kenny Clark up front. Uh, So two picks on the defensive side of the football. Can't be mad at that. Uh, When you look at Green Bay there in round number two, they get Christian Watson out of North Dakota State, 6'4", 208 pounds, ran that 4'3", 6'40", excellent length. A guy who can take the top off of a defense, a guy who has excellent body control, tremendous hands, uh, huge hands. Uh, I think it's 10 and 3 quarters inches, if I remember correctly. A guy. When you look at this wide receiver group, Devonte Adams, obviously we know is gone to the Raiders. Marquez Valdez Scantling and uh, Akwainiyan St. Brown are gone. That left Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Mari Rogers. Uh, you know they bring in Sammy Watkins, but that doesn't necessarily move the needle a ton. Christian Watkins has a uh, Watson has a chance to end up being. Um, the most productive wide receiver in this draft class just because he's paired up there with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, You look at Sean Ryan there in round number three. I thought there was a chance that Sean Ryan could be a round two guy. Uh, He's he's a guy who who played his career at UCLA as a a tackle. I think he's going to be inside a guard. This dude has these giant hands and those meat hooks once he locks onto you, he's not letting go. Um, I think he's going to be a day one starter there um, on the interior of that line for the Packers. Um, you've got uh, Ellison Jenkins, who's probably going to end up playing uh, right tackle. I think uh, Ryan competes with with Royce Newman, John Runyon there at guard ends up taking away a, a starting spot. Romeo Dubs, 6'2", 201. You get him in round number four, and this is a guy who I think you know another guy who was very uh, has really good length big hands a guy that did a great job uh, as a receiver down the field for Carson Strong A guy that adjusted very well to the to a poorly thrown football uh, able to go up and, and high point the football as well uh, Zach Tom out of Wake Forest um, you know this is a guy six four three oh four play tackle could play guard look I, I think he can even play center and it uh, you know, moves very well very athletic and uh, so I, I think the, the versatility, when you look at this this offensive line, you've got guys who can play multiple positions like Jenkins, Newman, Runyon. Uh, and so Zach Tom just kind of fits that same mold. Um, you get an outside linebacker there in round number five at Kingsley, Enigbare. Um, you know, 6'4, 258 pounds. Not the fastest guy by any means. 4'8, uh, 7'40. Very heavy handed, though. Excellent length. Um, you know, I, I just thought that they could have. Gotten a little bit more explosive. I actually had Arnold Epichetti going to them in round number one. Um, would have liked to have seen a little bit more explosiveness to team up with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. Um, in round number seven, you get Tarek Carpenter. Is he an inside linebacker? Is he a safety? He's a big dude. Um, one of those hybrid guys. Instinctive player on the back end of the defense. I like that pick. Uh, Jonathan Ford. Uh 6'5, 333 pounds. He's a big old nose tackle. You already have to Daryl Slayton on the roster with Kenny Clark. So kind of a curious pick there. But if, if nothing else, I guess he provides some depth up front. Rasheed Walker out of Penn State, taking in round number seven, uh 6'6, 313 pounds. Uh, pretty easy mover a dude that uh, you know started three years at left tackle for Penn State ultimately is probably going to end up being a right tackle when it's all said and done I think he's just a guy that's going to be able to provide some versatility there Uh, you know Dennis Kelly Billy Turner, not on the roster. You got Elshin Jenkins, who's likely going to be your starting right tackle. But Rasheed Walker is going to end up providing some depth there up front. And then Samari Touré from Nebraska, the, uh, the transfer from Montana. This is a guy who has speed on the outside, 19.5 yards per reception for the Cornhuskers in 2021, 6'3", 190 pounds. Another receiver added to the group. So, you If you're scoring at home, they wind up getting three wide receivers, all bigger dudes, guys that can be threats down the football field for Aaron Rodgers. So I like those picks overall. Uh, Look, Green Bay, we said if they weren't going to take a receiver in round one, they were going to be just fine, and I thought they did just that. Houston. Houston, do we have a problem? Well, you end up taking Derek Stingley Jr. over Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Six foot, 190 pounds. And look, I know Stingley battled those injuries, so we don't know if that 2019 form as a true freshman, which some of the best tape that you'll see from a true freshman corner, but is he going to be a guy that's going to be able to return to that form? We saw the 4 3, 7, 40 We saw the fluidity and the explosiveness at his pro day there with, with LSU. Uh, but that's going to be the big question mark. They do need a corner desperately. They've got Desmond King, Jimmy Moreland. But, uh, you know, there's just really no depth at that cornerback position. So getting Derek Stingley, um, I, I can't fault him for that. Just surprised that he went ahead of Ahmad Garner. Um, in round, round one, you know, they, they wind up trading back with Philly end up going to number 15 overall and they get kenyon green out of texas a&m this is a guy who's going to be a mauler up front uh, i like the pick you know they've got laramie tunsell and uh, you know titus howard likely going to be the the right tackle he's going to battle charlie heck but i think he'll end up being the right tackle this is going to allow uh you know kenyon green to step in there and start with uh aj can you have max Sharping and justin mccray uh on the interior of that line as well so that actually helps quite a bit you get a safety you know you've got eric murray terence brooks mj stewart but you get jalen petrie a guy who reminds you a lot of the honey badger with the way that he flies around to the football uh very versatile uh a guy who's a heat seeking missile plays a little bit out of control but uh 5'11 198 pounds love that pick there at the top of round number two Staying in round two, they get a receiver to pair with Brandon Cooks and John Mechie. Very explosive wide receiver down the field, 5'11", 187 pounds. Tore that ACL in the SEC Championship, Uh, but hopefully he should be back. Had he not torn his knee, he probably could have been a round one, uh, early round two guy. Ends up still coming off the board with the 12th pick in round two overall. I think he'll end up being Brandon Cooks' number two. Um... Christian Harris, round number three, 6'1", 226 pounds. This is a dude who's going to be playing downhill. You know, he ran that 4'4", 440. Uh, You saw the the playmaking ability there in the national title game. Four tackles for loss, three sacks. Going to provide some of that pass rush ability, but he struggles in coverage, struggles sideline to sideline. They've got Jalen Reeves, Maven on the roster, but they need some depth at the position. So round three was where I had him coming off the board. Um, you know, round number four, they get Damian Pierce out of Florida, 5'10", uh, 218 pounds, very explosive dude, bowling ball type of dude, just, you know, one cut and go, uh, the contact balance runs through tackles, uh, just a big bowling ball. And look, you've got Marlon Mack, you've got uh, Rex Burkhead, uh, Royce Freeman, Dario Ogubuale, so I think this is good value, a guy that I think could end up being Marlon Mack's backup when it's all said and done. Day 3 continues. Thomas Booker out of Stanford, 6'3", 301. This guy really is a is a uh, a five technique. Um, a guy who can push the pocket from the inside, good hand fighter as well. Um so he'll he'll provide some depth up front. Uh, round 5 continues with Tegan Catoriano, underrated uh, as a pass catcher, really known for his blocking ability, 6'6", 256 pounds. When you look at that, that tight end spot, you got Farrell Brown, you've got you know, Brevin Jordan. Uh, they need tight ends. i kind of surprised that they didn't target a tight end earlier. Get a, you know, a a guy like Pharaoh Brown, a guy that can end up being uh, a, a vertical threat, or get a guy who can offer some versatility really as a, as a blocker as well, maybe a Charlie Kolar. Uh, but they waited until round five to get Tegan Katoriano, who could surprise some people. Uh, like I said, he is an underrated pass catcher. Austin Deculus, in round six. You get a guy who can be a tackle, physical on the outside, may even bump inside the guard as well. Indianapolis, another team with no first-round picks, and yet good old Chris Ballard does a great job with his draft. Alec Pierce, you know, you needed a receiver to team with Michael Pittman Jr. Give Matt Ryan some additional targets on the outside. And, uh, look, you get Alec Pierce, a dude who has a 40-inch vertical leap, a guy that runs, uh, you know, can be that vertical threat. Uh, at the combine, uh, really stood out, 4'4", 140, 6'3", 211 pounds. Um, career guy with, you know, 17.5 yards per reception. I think this is going to be a good fit there in Indy. Uh, look, we know Jack Doyle, retired. Mo Alley Cox needs a running mate to go along with him. They end up taking two tight ends. Jelani Woods there in round number three. And look, 6'7", 253 pounds, and you know, the, the, the height, the, the size, uh, the, the speed. You know, this is a guy who really stood out in the uh, pre-draft process as things kind of continue to develop. Ran that 46140 140, repped out 225, 24 times at the combine as well. A lot of drops that he needs to clean up, but he could end up being a good player for them. And then look, that tackle spot, what's going on with it? That's really the big question mark, right? I mean, you've got uh, Braden Smith on the right side. You re-signed uh, Matt Pryor. But uh, they're looking for a left tackle, and uh, you know Eric Fisher is unsigned, uh, but Bernard uh, Raymond—he's pretty new to the position. You know, was a 245-pound tight end when he showed up at Central Michigan. Uh, You know, a a player from Austria, Uh, still pretty new to the game of football. But you know, he took up uh, Paul Alexander, the legendary offensive line coach, learned a lot about the position, and you know, you can see that he plays with a nasty streak. He's physical, excellent feed as well. Um, just needs to continue to develop his game. But I think he's a guy, he's a quick learner, a quick study. can end up being a starter at the next level when it's all said and done. 6'6", six, six, 303 pounds. They get Nick Cross in round three as well. A very versatile uh, safety on the back end of the defense. A guy that can play all over the field. 6'2", 212 pounds. Uh, you know, you look at at that safety spot, Julian Blackman, Car- uh, Kari Willis. I think that Nick Cross has a great chance to be a starter there when it's all said and done. Round number five, Eric Johnson, 6'5", 298 pounds. Really a five-year starter. Played very well there at that senior bowl. Um, you know, a, a guy who I think can... Uh, look, they need a, another defensive tackle to pair up with Forrest Buckner. So I think he has a shot to, to be that guy. He just needs to get after that quarterback. I mentioned they... They, they, they take another tight end, and that's Andrew Ogletree out of Youngstown State. 6'7", 250 pounds. Uh, this is a guy who I think, um, you know, they, they like those bigger tight ends. So he's a guy, uh, you've got Jelani Woods there. You've got Mo'Ali Cox. Uh, Kylan Granson kind of the smaller dude who's going to probably be more of an H-back. So there's a chance that Ogletree could stick as that uh, third tight end. Curtis Brooks out of Cincinnati. Uh, very disruptive on the interior of that line for, uh, for the Bearcats. Um, Could be you know be in the backfield against the run, quick penetrator. Uh, also gets after the quarterback as a pass rusher as well. Uh, I, I think he's a guy that can end up sticking with that roster. I was kind of surprised that he was drafted, but I'm glad that he was because he's actually one of my favorite players there for for Cincinnati. And then round seven, Rodney Thomas out of Yale. 6'2", 200 pounds. Uh, you know, a guy who has good speed. Uh, so I uh, a guy on that back end again when you're looking at that safety spot you know anderson dejo and george odom no longer there so when you've got blackman and willis on the back end you also draft nick cross this is a guy who's going to be a special teams guy and see if he can work onto the back end of that roster and then finally the last team that we're going to cover in this podcast before we bring everything to an end are the Jacksonville Jaguars? And when we look at Jacksonville, obviously that number one overall pick. There's going to be that big debate: Do you take Tra- uh, Trayvon Walker or do you take uh, Aiden Hutchinson? They're living with the fact that they take potential over the sure thing with Trayvon Walker. And what we do know about Trayvon Walker is: Look, the dude, 6'5", 272 pounds, a guy that wasn't asked to get after the quarterback. Let's 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 really make that you know make that clear. Georgia had their outside linebackers really doing a lot of that work. You've got Jordan uh, Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt doing a lot of collapsing of the pocket. So this is a guy that was asked to do a lot of the little things. A guy that was going to be able to uh, you know, get outside, get wide against the run, a guy that's going to be able to set a really hard edge, does a great job with that. We saw him covering Tank Bigsby on a wheel route. We saw him against Florida. Dropping into the middle of the field, nearly picking off a pass at 6'5", 272 pounds. Shows up at the combine, runs that four five one forty. If he had gotten a chance to transfer, like Jermaine Johnson, and Jermaine, you know, Jermaine Johnson ended up running, um, you know, uh, eleven and a half sacks at Florida State. Had he been able to do that, and he was able to show himself as a pass rusher, we wouldn't be having this debate. We'd say, okay, makes perfect sense. We'll go ahead and, and check off the box and. and allow him to be that first uh, overall pick. Now, because we haven't seen him only 9 sacks in his career, it's more of a projection. But this is a dude who's going to pair up with, with Josh Allen nicely and uh, you know getting after the quarterback, that's going to be the big thing. Can he get after the quarterback? And if he can, Jacksonville's got something there on the outside. Jacksonville then trades back into round number 1 and they get Devin Lloyd out of Utah. 6'3", 237 pounds. I was surprised he was still there on the board. I really thought that the Patriots were going were gonna to take him. And this is a dude, he reminds me, um, and I know he reminds Matt Miller of, uh, of ESPN, of, of Darius Leonard. Um, tremendous instincts, a guy that's going to fly around to the football. Uh, you know, look, racks up tackles like nobody's business. Um, the sideline-to-sideline side ability is, is absolutely there. That's one of the first things that you see when you watch him. But the versatility is one of the things that's absolutely ridiculous. When you look at the stat sheet in 2021, 111 tackles, 22 going for loss, seven sacks, four interceptions, six pass breakups. When you think about it, you talk about his, his career numbers for the Utes. And, and when you keep in mind, you only played in three games in 2018 and just five in 2020, Okay. So 256 tackles, 43 going for loss. That's right, three straight seasons of double-digit tackles for loss, 15 and a half sacks, five interceptions, eight pass breakups. Three of those five interceptions he returned for touchdown. This is a guy, converted safety, so he absolutely has the instincts on the back end and being able to cover a little bit as well. Pass rushing ability. That's one of the things that I thought was impressive was his ability to – Ben coming off the edge as a stand-up edge rusher, a guy that can shoot the A-gap, but then also put his hand in the dirt and get after you as well. So when you're looking at what, what Jacksonville has at, at inside linebacker, you've got Shaq Quarterman and Foye, Olu, uh, Oluoken, uh, you know Dakota Allen. They need playmakers there on, at, at inside linebacker. They lost Miles Jack and Damian Wilson, so I love this pick. Um, got to get him in there and, and be a playmaker. Um, i i love love the pick uh round number three they get luke fortner 64 307 a veteran guard who moved to the center position a guy who's going to take over for brandon linder um so good value there in round number three then you get chad muma and so it's clear what they're looking to do there at that linebacker position uh, they're they're getting athletic uh on the interior i think if i'm shaq quarterman i'm wondering about my my job there um because, look, Chad Muma, another guy with exceptional range, played sideline to sideline, can get after the quarterback as well, can drop into coverage, Uh, very explosive playmaker, a guy that reminds me, you know, it's hard not to make the comparison to, to Logan Wilson. Not quite the playmaker, not quite as explosive, but still, look at the numbers. 142 tackles this past season, eight going for loss, one and a half sacks, three interceptions. When you have Muma and Devin Lloyd there at inside linebacker. I think you've really got some good things. Uh, Snoop Connor in round five, 5'10", 222 pounds. This draft really told me that I, I was expecting more versatile running backs. But look, the, they have a lot of guys that can catch the football out of the backfield, but they don't have or guys that can really run between the tackles, one cut, get north and south. Guys are going to be able to earn a lot of those tough yards between the tackles. And so when you look at a guy like Snoop Connor, he's going to be able to do just that. He's a big-bodied running back. And uh, when you look at Jacksonville and what they have at that running back spot, you've got James Robinson, who's your bell cow. You've got Travis Etienne. We know what he's going to be able to do. I think that Snoop Connor is going to compete with Rykel Armstead and ultimately end up being that number three back there for Jacksonville. Um, Staying in round six, Gregory Jr., the corner out of Wachita Baptist, uh, you know, a guy who has good size, uh, pretty good speed as well. Um, when you look at that at secondary, they've got Tyson Campbell, Shaquille Griffin, Darius Williams, Trey Herndon, they're at that cornerback spot. So you wonder if maybe they're gonna look at possibly moving Greg uh, Gregory Jr. to that safety spot, Andrew Wingard, Rashawn Jenkins, Daniel Thomas, Andrew Sisko. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to struggle to find a spot there. Um, on that defense, and then Monteric Brown, six foot, 196 pounds. The ball skills are evident with this guy. Uh, five interceptions this past season for the Razorbacks. Uh, you know, another guy who's going to really have to struggle to make the roster, just because there are so many corners already on this roster. A guy who's probably going to have to uh, make the roster as a special teams guy, um, and then really kind of work into the flow of uh, of the defense from there. So. Those are the first 16 teams and their picks. I've given you my thoughts on it, really what to expect with these selections. And in the next day or two, we'll be talking about the final 16 picks overall. We'll actually get to to talk about the New England Patriots and their curious picks. Um, I'm, I'm scratching my head because, you know, Cole Strange... In round one, you saw taekwon Thornton in round two. Uh, we'll get to talk all about those picks because, um, yeah, it was definitely curious. You know, it, it reminds me of a couple of drafts ago where they uh, doubled up at linebacker and then doubled up at tight end, and they took a couple of tight ends um, much sooner than I think everyone was expecting, and you know, we, we, we know how that turned out. So a lot to cover in the next few days make sure that we get through the final 16 and like I said then we'll be talking about the uh, undrafted free agents I think we'll do a quick position by position look number of players that came off the board if there were any surprises really what this draft told us about some of the different position groups and then we'll get into a brief look at 2023 really that first look at 2023. We know we've got C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, uh, Will Anderson, but who else should we be keeping an eye out for for that 2023 draft? It's never too early to start talking about the NFL draft. Even if we're talking about we're right on the doorstep of of that 2022 draft, it's still never too early to start talking about that, that 2023 draft. But that is a conversation for another day. So, for ReadyForTheDraft.com. This has been the Ready For The Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Shoots. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. We'll get a couple of podcasts up and running here in the next couple of days. Until next time, everyone, bye.